It's Tuesday. Live Tuesday nights, the first 52, Raz Radio Live from 6 to 8. Is this Raz? Yes. Sorry. This is the best you got? Someone the NSA once listed as the most dangerous hacker in America. Sure don't look like much. Angry white guy radio. Yeah, but he does take a different stance. You know, his point of view is different. The first part of the my constitution. I love the content. Hey, it's the first fifty-two Raz with you. Join me, Sean Raz, Tuesday nights, six to eight p.m. RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. He'll be back. Turning in their graves And what we've come to be 
near future, a crisis approaching that unnerves me and causes me to tremble for my country. Corporations are enthroned, and corruption in high places will follow. The money power will prolong its reign by working on the prejudices of the people until all wealth is accessed. It's the Generals masqueraded your doctor. Pills become bullets and they poison your water. A pharmaceutical army built to slaughter. So men and masks come for your wife and your daughter. Whoa, now what? Here they come for the guns. And God and demons disguised as priests and nuns. Time to run with no place to go except Honduras. With a man called Forto Jones. Skull and bones invade the skies with robot drones. Check the infrared radar for UFOs. Silvery gold. Behold the weather's control. By genetically modified hybrid clones. Built in bunkers with subjects under mind control. Injected and observed in the combat zone. Now come on. It's the chemtrail skies. It's the government lies. It's the poison in the water. Then the face all the time just be a dog run around catch frisbees pee on a fire hydrant life's more rewarding and you get access to lots of treats catch salty talk mondays and wednesdays and every friday for salty's weekend warm-up 4 p.m eastern time add a little salt to your life and be more dog You guys ready?
of April 19, 1995, a decorated Gulf War combat vet blew up the federal building in Oklahoma City using a truck bomb that he didn't build and a rider truck that he didn't rent with the help of a passenger who didn't exist. Having just gotten away with the largest act of terrorism on U.S. soil to date, the Fort Bragg-trained Special Forces sheep drip dropout blended in with the crowd by making his getaway in a car without a license plate and was immediately pulled over. The ATF was the supposed target of the attack, but luckily all of their agents were out of the office that morning. Later that day, the president boldly declared, We will find the people who did this. And... When we do, justice will be swift, certain, and severe. Except for John Doe number two. John Doe number two. John Doe number two. Who, according to the FBI, never existed. In McVeigh's unprecedented three and a half week trial, the prosecution didn't show the CCTV footage of him and John Doe number two parking the rider truck. Didn't explain why 24 separate witnesses mass hallucinated the existence of John Doe number two didn't explain why the government was testing truck bombs and the army was storing rider trucks at Camp Gruber right before the bombing, and didn't talk to the FBI informants who blew the whistle on the plot. But they did collaborate with the CIA, and they did convict McVeigh as the lone wolf bomber and Terry Nichols as his bomb-constructing accomplice. Still, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists, including 300 bombing victims, insist on talking about facts and evidence and refuse to simply believe what they've been told a million times by people in tailored suits with well-coiffed hair. They quote the U.S. Army Brigadier General and the FBI Crime Lab whistleblower and the inventor of the neutron bomb who point out the physical impossibility that the Ryder truck bomb did the damage to the building, but that doesn't matter because if there were other bombs in the building that day, we would have heard about them. The second explosive was found and diffused. I think he said another bomb. The Justice Department is reporting that a second explosive device has been found. They then found a third device, which was also larger than the first. And I see another bomb truck going, so apparently they're going to try to get out that third bomb. The FBI claims to have lost the footage showing McVeigh and John Doe number two parking the truck in front of the Murrah building that morning, but that's understandable because the Bureau has a lot of important evidence to store. Terry Nichols insists the FBI was involved in the plot, but thankfully a judge has saved us the trouble of listening to him by preventing lawyers from deposing him. There was a bomb squad truck parked across the street two hours before the blast, but that just shows the authorities were prepared for anything. And... Other documents obtained by 2020 show that someone called the executive secretariat's office at the Justice Department in Washington and said the Morrow building had been bombed. But this was 24 minutes before the blast. But that just shows the public was unusually vigilant that morning. Also, apparently, before the bombing, Governor Frank Keating's brother, Mark, had been working on a novel about a terrorist bombing in Oklahoma City. Stranger still, one of the characters in the novel was named Thomas McVeigh. But that's probably just a coincidence. McVeigh wrote a letter to his sister where he admitted to being a secret Special Forces operative and he complained to friends of the pain in his ass from an army-implanted microchip, but that's crazy because if he didn't actually leave the army in 1991, there would be proof of that. This man never existed, and if you say otherwise, you're a crazy government-hating nutjob who deserves to be locked in a cage for the rest of your life. Likewise, him, her, them, her, and him. And him and him. McVeigh was not executed on May 16, 2001 as scheduled because... The FBI had failed to turn over thousands of pages of evidence to McVeigh's defense attorneys. But the execution went ahead on June 11th. In a highly unusual and secret agreement, no autopsy was performed. 
One witness said he was still breathing, and the prison officials admitted his hearse was a decoy. Then, the case was officially closed. This is the story of OKC as told to you by the same truth-tellers behind. Perhaps a profoundly lonely man who craved attention, but found consolation in doing good. And... And the helicopter we were traveling in was forced down after being hit by an RPG. And... We're, we're with the rebels. And he said, oh, you're with the rebels? And they started beating him. Oh, you're with the rebels? Don't you support Bashar? And if you question any part of the story, you are a paranoid wingnut birther truther tenther prepper conspiracy loon who should feel guilty for having been born. If you love baseball, fluffy kittens, hot dogs, Barbie, Star Wars, and freedom, you will never, ever bring up any of these points ever again. Ever. This message has been brought to you by the friends of the FBI, ATF, DOJ, CIA, SPLC, MSM, and the U.S. Army. And remember, ignorance is strength. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember... All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Well, hell, I love Star Wars and freedom. You listen to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, RadioChaos.Live. I hope you're all ready. I, I, I got a lot on my plate tonight that I want to talk about. And it's going to be exciting. It's going to be... It, it's going to drive you crazy. You're going to want to make comments. I have no guests tonight. Phone number 941-421-0401. You want to put your input in on what we're talking about, you are more than welcome to give me a call tonight. I'll be looking forward to to maybe hearing from some people. Like I said, i got a laundry list of stuff I want to cover tonight. Uh, So I don't want to take too long getting into it. I I had to play the Oklahoma City bombing. It is the uh, 21st anniversary of the bombing of Oklahoma City. Uh, The 23rd anniversary of Waco. And, and no real answers have been given to us still today. And, and we're going to discuss answers that haven't been given to, to us on other events that have happened in our world in the near or present fu- or past future. <laughs> past future? I don't even think that's a word. Huh. It's not even a word. I try. I, I try really hard to put my words together. But, you know, hey, sometimes they just don't work out. And that's okay. I hope you guys had a great week, as I always say. You know, it's getting through your your weekly drudge of what you have to do that that really holds us back on a lot of things. You know, I'm looking forward to hearing Jack's uh, Jack's show on on unschooling because you know that's where Lexi and I want to get eventually. We want to be able to homeschool our child, but they hold us back. They make us have to work. God, we have to work to make money, to pay taxes, to pay bills, and yeah, that's part of life. I, I'm not against. You know, providing for my family. I, I I love working. I think it's a great thing to be able to to really do a job. You know, that makes me feel worthwhile. That makes me feel like I've accomplished something today. That that's why we work. It, it's not. It's it shouldn't be to just pay our bills. It should be for our enjoyment. It should be to satisfy that urge within inside of us that wants to work. That wants to produce something that wants to 
help someone. Everybody's job, you know, there, there's some jobs out there that just kind of suck. Trust me, I understand. I've had some of those jobs probably. But you're still producing. You're still getting up and doing something. So it's important to work. But to, like, homeschool would be great. And I wish we could do it. We're not financially in a position to be able to do something like that right now. And that's okay. You know, we, we, it, it, my, our youngest is only in first grade. He's getting the basic skills. And we hope one day to be able to pull him out of that system. But we always make sure we're, we're right there behind watching and listening to what's going on. Where do we start tonight? I, you know, there's so many different stories that we could run down. I just have so many different things here. Why don't we go with the, with the false flag connections? You know, with, with, uh, with what we're looking at now. Cause that's really, that's really been something I've been watching. And I know you all know the, the, uh, the bill for the 9-11 papers to come out, the 28 redacted pages. Uh, but we now have senators coming out and saying just things that you can't believe they're saying. I mean, it's really just surprising to hear that, that, you know, they're, they're pointing to Saudi Arabia and, and they're saying, well, you know, there, there might have been somebody within the United States or might have been assistance within the United States to help, you know, make these things happen. They might have had assistance. Behind these doors in the U.S. Capitol is a vault that contains one of the most secret and sensitive documents in the United States. 28 pages that could shed light on the events of 9-11. They've been seen by very few people, and you'll hear from some of them. I think it is implausible to believe that 19 people, most of whom didn't speak English, could have carried out such a complicated task without some support from within the United States. And you believe that the 28 pages are crucial to this. I think they are a key part. A key part. What are in those 28 pages? What 13 years later could be in those 28 pages that could hamper national security? Why can't we just see it? Why? I think as, a, as citizens of this country, we deserve to see it. We should see it. There should be no question as to if we can see it or not. Well, unless it destroys the lie the government has been telling us for years now. Is that why we can't see it? That would be my guess. So we see, you know, what what was just said there, and we, we also see um, <clears throat> a senator just went on 60 Minutes claiming 9 and blah, blah, blah. So, so we're questioning this. But then, you know, as we're getting close to possibly getting answers, getting results, maybe seeing what's in those pages, what's in that, that little uh, bill there. Saudi Arabia warns that they're going to destroy our economy if this bill passes. Saudi Arabia warns of economic fallout if Congress passes 9-11 bill. Saudi Arabia has told the Obama administration and members of Congress that it will sell off hundreds of billions of dollars worth of American assets held by the kingdom of if Congress passes a bill that would allow the Saudi government to be held responsible in American courts for any roles in the September 11th, 2001 attacks. Now, let's think about this here for a second. We've got generals that we believe, and this is not new information, 
that have been discussed in documentaries over and over again that have supplied money to the terrorists. Fifteen of the 19 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia. Now, do I think the Saudi Arabian government had anything really to do with it, planning it, orchestrating it, designing it, the whole scheme that they put together? No, I don't. What I think really happened is that was the laundry service. The CIA had to get the money to these guys, had to pay them. Well, we'll just send it through Saudi Arabia. They'll do what we need. They're buddies with the Bushes. We're good to go. That's what I think happened there. That's what I think will will be uh, uh, rash- realized if those pages come out. Who was the, uh, the American help? Now, I know this was discussed earlier on Jack's show, and they covered it great. Chris Emery, you know, his documentaries are very, you know, right on point. But, but why can't we just see this information? Why, why has it got to be held from us? Why, what is so damning in there that it could threaten our national security? I mean, really? Do you really think there's something in there that bad that our national security is going to be affected? Or is, is your control over us what's really going to be affected? That's what I think they're worried about. I think they're worried about losing control, not being able to, to lock us down. Because we'll go, well, wait, 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 wait. Why do we have the Freedom Act? <laughs> the Freedom Act. Why do we have the Patriot Act? <laughs> why, why do we have all these provisions to, to, to spy on us? Oh, because of 9-11. So we can get rid of all that stuff now that we know that that stuff wouldn't have prevented 9-11 from happening anyway, right? It doesn't need to be here. So I just, when you see things like that, when you hear individuals that are high up bringing to the bringing to the stage that there's questions to what's going on, I think it's time we really look at it. I think it's really time that we discuss what to do. But of course, with Saudi Arabia threatening to to sell off the what is it seven hundred and thirty billion dollars of assets, something along that, that that number, with them threatening to sell that off, well, now the White House is kind of signaling that they may not go through with this bill, may not let it go. The White House on Monday signaled President Obama would veto legislation to allow Americans to sue the government of Saudi Arabia for any role officials played in the September 11 terror attacks. Ernest argued the legislation could jeopardize U.S. citizens overseas if other countries pass reciprocal laws that remove foreign immunity in their courts. The legislation drew widespread attention after Saudi officials reportedly informed the Obama administration that they would sell off $750 billion in U.S. assets if the bill became law, a threat that carries widespread economic consequences if the Saudis follow through. So, again, like I said, they're going to sell off all this, uh, all this, what, what they own of us? Let them. Okay. It's going to harm them just as much as us. It's just stupid to allow threats from another country control how we do things or what we do. It's just that, that should not be acceptable. And, and we should not allow our government to, to be afraid of things like that. But then again, when you're entangled with the whole mess, when you're part of the situation, 
<sighs> I guess you just got to kind of do it. Just got to let it go. Constitutional sheriffs, the cops who think the government is our greatest threat. I, I really, this is, a, this is an NBC, NBC News story, which kind of grabbed my attention to see it this morning. Sheriff Nick Finch, Finnick, I'm sorry, remember Nick Finnick? He was a sheriff down here in Florida. Uh, he had uh, taken a gentleman, and I didn't even know the follow-up story to this. A gentleman was arrested for carrying a concealed weapon uh, without a permit here in the state of Florida. You need to have a permit to carry a concealed weapon. So uh, he was arrested by a deputy of uh, what county were they in? Liberty County. <laughs> Liberty County, Florida. So the gentleman was arrested for carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. The uh, the sheriff didn't agree with what the sheriff with with what the sheriff's deputy did. So he went in, he released the individual, he uh, whited out all the records of his arrest, and uh, he said, "No, we're not going to do this. Our our great our great." Governor here, uh, Rick Scott, suspended the sheriff. And he was sent to jail, and he, he had to go to, in front of a court. And a jury reinstated the sheriff, found him not guilty of anything, and awarded him back pay. Hmm. So that's the constitutional sheriff. He stands up for true freedoms. You all know Sheriff Mack. He's out there talking about it. it it's a really interesting or- article and I don't, it's a very long article, but I wanted to make sure we tra- uh, uh, address this because we did talk about Sheriff Finnick uh, back when this happened in 2013. So it's nice to hear the follow up. I didn't know that the guy got uh, jury nullification, basically, reinstated as a sheriff and got $160,000 in back pay, I believe it was. And he's still the sheriff today. Because that's a constitutional sheriff that's standing up for the rights of his citizens. You know, this is a kind of surprising thing. Uh, you know, I, I used to have a co-host that would work with me all the time, and uh, he needed a break. He couldn't he couldn't handle the stress of doing the radio show anymore. <laughs> and he's sitting there smiling as I'm saying it. Uh, let's let's let's. Yeah, one more thing I want to say about. Of Bitcoin. course you do. Yeah, just one more thing he wants to say. What's up, Fortoed? Not much. What's going on? Nothing. How you doing, brother? I just want to uh, talk about the Saudi thing. Okay. Here's a little thing that nobody really knows. Um, the Saudi real, uh, their currency, is pegged to the dollar, right? So what you said was actually correct. If they actually sell off, which, by the way, they have to sell their bonds in the open market. They just can't, like, sell, and somebody will immediately buy it. Yeah, what happens if you flood the market, the, the, the value of the dollar goes down. But because their dollar, their currency is also tagged to our currency, their dollar will go down as well. So this, again, is a false flag. It's just bullshit smoke and mirrors. They're playing the games and they're, they're working their work. And, and they know that they're responsible in some way, shape or form. Maybe not the controllers of the whole, whole event, but there, there's definitely Saudi uh, involvement. Well, I don't understand. What'd you say? Fifteen of the nineteen hijackers from Saudi Arabia, so we go and invade Afghanistan, right, or Iraq? Wait, wait, and then Iraq, right, right, and then and then Tripoli, Egypt, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tripoli. Come on, right? It's ridiculous, and and we watch that go on, and that's actually something else I'm going to bring up here in a little bit. Uh, ben Swan did a great video on are we are we safer without uh, uh, Saddam and uh, what was the other idiot? Um, Gaddafi. 
Gaddafi. Yeah, so that, that's going to be interesting when we get to that. But what do you think about the the fact that now they're saying, well, you know, we're going to probably veto this bill and we're not going to allow this bill to go through because, you know, we're afraid of Saudi Arabia. It's a dog and pony show because Congress says, all right, let's because, you know, Congress has a what, an eight, nine percent approval rating. So they got to show like you're doing something, especially since, you know, uh, well, we'll find out today who will win the well, we'll find out more about uh, what's his face, the Donald. Oh, yeah. The uh, the primaries. Oh, yeah. We have a primary today. Me, I don't pay attention to that shit. You know that. Me neither. But, it, you know, it's all over Facebook about, oh, feel the burn and make America great. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you're going to feel the burn when they make America great. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is, is what, what, what he's saying, what uh, Trump is saying is that America's not great anymore. But yet we're in the greatest country. We have the greatest this. We have the great. But it, it, it's doublespeak, just like, oh. It sickens me. That's why that, I don't do these point. things anyway. Uh, that's a good point. I never thought about that double speak he's doing, talking about how bad everything is, but America's great and we have the best stuff and, you know, I've got the greatest speeches and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, I can't even watch it anymore. It just, yeah. it sickens me to the, to the core. I couldn't, I didn't even watch the, uh, the libertarian, libertarian. debate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm not going to spend three nights on this thing. Give it to all, give it to me in one freaking, you know, foul swoop. Well, we, we all have – we all – most of us are one-issue voters, right? Uh, pro-life, uh, pro-cannabis, whatever the fuck it happens to be. We, we stick to one thing, and that's that's our charge. So for me, because I know – I remember uh, grade school civics class that you know Congress makes the laws, and the president actually has no powers to create – an author in a law, a law, that you really have to find a guy that – says no to Congress, right? Like now Obama's going to veto Congress on this Saudi bill, right? He, you got to look it up. I think that motherfucker has vetoed less than five congressional bills in his seven years in office. And, and the Congress, for most of the part, has been a Republican Congress. <laughs> Shit, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have to raise that question, too. Right. So um, for me... I, out of all the candidates, uh, it's Gary Johnson because Gary Johnson, they used to call him Vito Johnson when he was governor of – two-term governor of New Mexico, and he said no to Congress. He vetoed Congress more times than any other co- uh, governor in the United States combined. You know, I like Gary Johnson too. I, I think it was Jack that was talking last week at one point in time about some, some questionable things with Gary. Uh, and, and to be honest, on the libertarian side, I would prefer to see McAfee. I think he is kind of like the libertarian Donald Trump. He, uh, well, look, I know about all his shit that went down in Belize, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of into the whole Latin America thing, right? And the guy did a couple of shows on John McAfee before he came back to, to the States. Right. And uh, that guy's fucking crazy. Well, that's okay. I, I, everybody we've had president for the past at least 40 years has been fucking crazy. I mean, that's not really different than yeah. what than what we what we have. But maybe he's crazy more in our direction. Is he the guy that you want ha- having a hand on the uh, nuclear weapons? I don't think so. None of the ones up there I want having hands on nuclear weapons. As a matter of fact, let's just Look, put that button away for a little bit and say, no, no, you know what? You're grounded right now. You can't have that button when you're president. You can maybe if you prove to us that, that you can do it right, we'll give you that button back. But right now, you can't have it anymore. Yeah, well, if Congress had the teeth that it used to have, you couldn't declare, you couldn't do any kind of uh, armed force thing anyway without congressional approval. They signed that away in 1972. Yeah, well, you know, we really got to get rid of it all. And I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. I, 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 I think when the RNC and the DNC kick out both Bernie and uh, Trump, 
I think they should team up, uh, go independent, the, libertarian, make up their own fucking the party. Trump party ticket? Unbeatable. You think so? And it would it would break the system like that. Yeah. And well, I would love it. Yeah, but I wouldn't want either one of those retards sitting in the White House. Although I don't want any of the other ones at this point in time, really, exactly. either. Uh, exactly. That's a scary thought, Dave. i got to be honest with you. That, 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 that. Could you imagine but, the fascists and the socialists trying to work shit out together? They don't work shit out together. <laughs> it's, again, it's fucking Congress. <laughs> true. Very true. I agree with you that. Know? It would be, it would be, and, and the fact that they would run an independent ticket means Congress would make all these laws, and Bernie and and Trump would say, no, no, that's no good, because they'd be fighting with each other. You got to remember, the founding fathers designed a system to make it hard to create rule, um, laws, because they were so into freedom that they were like, hey man, if you're not murdering anybody or killing anybody or stealing shit, uh, have at it. I, I just got a tweet from Kevin here, K, uh, KD and OB. He uh, he says uh, not for nothing. New York primaries having troubles with its voter machines. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine. <laughs> Let's go back and watch black box voting. That's that's the other issue. You know what? If we're gonna ho- if we're gonna hold elections and we're gonna elect people, uh, then we should have a paper trail. We can use computers. That's fine. That, that's that's look here. We we use a a card we fill out. That card is saved and stored, so we can go back and count if need be. If there's any kind of question. So we, but a lot of states don't have any record. You, it's a touch screen. You know that can be changed yeah. immediately. You don't even know right. it's changed. Right? Why don't they give you a? Re- excuse me. Why don't they give you a receipt so that you know if they if they lose by a bunch of you know ten votes, you can get all your friends together. Hey, do we vote? Let, let's go online and check to see what my vote registered as. Right. It's a simple thing that that any fucking fifteen year old uh, could figure out and and whip up a website together, but you know the government uh, can't do shit. Hell, they can make an app for it. Honestly, you'd never have to leave your house yeah. to vote if if it was done properly. Right. You know, but we can't trust the people designing the equipment, the people designing what we're using. And you know how how you could actually track it uh, and have it be open and secure. How's that, Dave? Bitcoin. <laughs> actually, you had the- to get Bitcoin in real fast. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's actually not using Bitcoin, but using the blockchain. We blockchain. may talk about chemtrails later. And when you come, <laughs> aren't you coming next week? Or no, you're coming uh, the first know, week no. of May. The first week of to, May, I thought it was. I have to move. Oh, my mother, my mother told me uh, three weeks ago. She's like, yeah, I need to sell the condo. I was like, all right. I come home and I just tell one of my neighbors that the fucking condo is already in contract. Oh, Jesus. Well, hey, you yeah. know what? Come down this way. Get out of Tampa for a while. Come stay down this way. I, I got to move. <laughs> I got I to gotta find, like, I'm going to find a place tomorrow or look at a place tomorrow. Damn. Uh, but if I, if that all gets worked out, then maybe I'll come down. Well, I got, I got, uh, I, since I got you on the line, I'm going to take a break after this. Um, there's a great show. It's called What on Earth? Have you seen that yet? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen the commercials for it, and some of the shit that I saw in the commercials, I already knew the answer to it. And they're like, I've never seen anything like this before. They're dragging a dead body across the fucking yeah. uh, the thing. It, it's not a dead body. No, but it's great, because I, I actually went got stuck in a vortex with it the other day. Gloria <laughs> was here, and I needed to just be away from, <laughs> from Gloria for a few minutes. <laughs> and I got stuck in this what-on-earth vortex, and I watched probably five or six episodes. And this is an hour each, so I was sitting there for a while. Mm-hmm. And we come across this one where they're seeing these strange rings on weather satellites in Australia. And then the very next day, a few hours later, they get these massive storms right after having a drought where hail is falling, and they got Jim Mars on there they're interviewing. It's about a 10-minute segment. I'm going to tie you down and make you watch it. No, you're not. (laughs) Yes, I am. He's like, I'm not coming now. (laughs) No, you're not. I'm not coming now. I'm not going to come down and hang out with you anymore. All right, so 
Do you know I was just up in Vermont again? Right. And I flew down. Right, yeah. I don't know how you can do that, dude. I can't get on an airplane. I, just I, can't I, I think it. this is going to be the last time I'm on an airplane. Um, but I'm flying. I came right down the Hudson River, right over New York. Uh, as a matter of fact, I knew Cynthia was in New York, and I was like, hey, like, <laughs> like waving door. Yeah. You know, I'm fucking 200 miles away, you know, you barely see the buildings. Um, but as I'm flying along, I see below me another Southwest Airlines, because you know, Southwest Airlines is painted in a way that you can, they're, un, they're unmistakable. Right. 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 Southwest Airlines to the left, right? Down a little bit. With this long line of contrails behind it, right? So I'm looking at it, and it actually flies underneath us, right? It, it, we're going over top, whatever it happens to be, right? Right. And I get a nice look at it, and I'm like, wow, the fucking contrails are starting right behind the jet, right? I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in the same plane in the same area, right? And I'm, at, I'm third row from the back. I look out my window down, and I see contrails. Okay. Coming right out of the engine, oh, right? Well, contrails well, are real. Contrails right. are a real thing, Dave, and you know you that your understand. monitor's up by, by the way. Half an hour I'm watching these contrails, you know, cause, and, and then another plane, and I videotaped uh, two of them, <laughs> and I'm like, I got to send this to Sean. <laughs> Why didn't you tag me in it? Because uh, I didn't upload it yet. I, I looked at the videos. They're kind of shitty because, uh, you know, going through the shitty window and And, blah, and blah, you're blah. up north where it's cold. Um, you know, it, it, I don't What's deny contrails. No, was it was in New York. It was well, over New York, and it was 70 degrees because it was already 2 o'clock. Was already in the seventies. So right, it makes no difference. Remember, because up there it's like minus thirty degrees. Right, we, and I can you turn your monitor down, please? There we go. No, no, it's still there. I'm hearing oh, it still. I, there we sorry. go. Um, I think I'd never done this before. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I, listen, I, I've never denied contrails. I know contrails exist. You say that it ha- it's like six to eight plane lengths. I'm watching this thing streak across the sky for twenty minutes. Shooting out contrails. How far behind the plane can you see? It's not how far behind. It's how long I could see it out the window. Right. There's one particular one. It was a good 15 minutes was next to us. And right? The one, the first one that came underneath us, that took about five minutes to get to, you know, for it to go away, for me not to see it. But I am now more convinced than ever that you're full of shit. Well, I'm glad that you're convinced I'm full of shit, Dave. It's okay. You're allowed to be convinced. Don't worry about Operation Popeye in Vietnam. That didn't happen. That wasn't anything that happened. There was no weather modification, no weather control going on there. Are we going to do this dance again? Well, and uh, technology hasn't advanced in 40 years to where they couldn't, you know, be better off now than they were then. And it's the worst experiment on the planet because nothing's gone wrong. Nobody, everybody's still fine and nobody's dead and blah, blah, blah and Mm -hmm. barium and whatever. This is what Dave and I do. All right, guys, you're listening to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, uh, and RadioChaos.Live. I'll be back with you in a couple minutes. Have you ever called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this? That never happens when you dial 941-421-0401. At RazRadioLive.com, we answer right away. And pow, you're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts. No screeners, no delays. Try it now. 941-421-0401. And avoid... 941-421-0401. If you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran, don't be scared. 941-421-0401. We welcome all. 
We know how it feels to be ignored. RazRadioLive.com I'm chasing down a memory of the way things used to be. Kids playing underneath an old street light, knowing they were safe when they laid down at night. I'm looking for something I ain't seen in a while. I'm looking for a factory where a man can feed his family. Not worried about them moving it south. Closing the doors and shutting her down tomorrow I'm looking for America The land of the free and the home of the brave Seems like I just woke up one day and it was gone Long gone Steeple, where inside you'll find people who live their lives unashamed and ain't afraid to say God's name out loud. Yeah, I'm looking for America, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Seems like I just woke up one day and it was gone. To wave the red, white, and blue Still believe freedom isn't free And I guess it's up to you and me to find it Yeah, we gotta find it Cause we're looking for The land of the free and the home of the brave Seems like I just woke up one day And it was gone, long gone Get my crayon out. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Ryan. Four Toad and Lexi. Do I mention Four Toad? Sure. Oh, Four God. Dave. Dave. <laughs>
Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on, I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy Fortoed. Hey, this is Steve from the Chocolate Drop. And if you haven't heard the show lately, here's a little bit of what you've been missing. My week is over. Thank God. Uh, oh, God damn. See how Steve get down, right? Steve's wicked. You <laughs> say you wicked, Steve? I slap you again. I don't, there ain't no cameras in here. I don't know what her problem was, why she was licking people's cheese. See, black people mess it up for everybody, man. <laughs> you know somebody black to complain, <laughs> and they call me a racist. The back of the toilet looks like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> um, I don't like that. You ever seen a vein this big? <laughs> She ate a rubber glove and she had to have her dog. <laughs> insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, I don't like that. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, RazRadioLive.com, and Salty Talk Radio. We talk about you would what Raz would do in my family because he's a doctor. So we all got blue shots. <laughs> Did you know the vitamins and nutrients would be illegal? In the year 2010, if we don't awaken the sheeple, these globalists are murderers. They're about to look it up. Codex Alimentarius, baby, look it up. They spray you from the sky like roaches. Does it shock you? Don't worry. They got a pill for you. That's your doctor. Are your legs restless? Are you shy? Forget the side effects. Not that many people die. Genetically modified foods are the bomb. They gave lab rats cancer, but please don't be alarmed. Soon GMO foods would be a staple. The only thing you'll be able to put on your kitchen table. Their own documents have shown. No food shall be grown that Monsanto don't own. Worldwide, there ain't nowhere to run. Thanks to World Trade Organization and International Monetary Fund. We the sheep of America. America, America, simply the sheeple of America, we the sheeple of America. Plus, so the world's wealthiest people meet every June to see to it their plan is complete. Prime ministers, presidents, billionaires, CEOs, international bankers, C3POs, also known as the young psychopaths who fawn over their elders and give them charts and graphs, pondering how to reduce the population, injecting our boys and girls with poisonous inoculations. Yum, yum, mercury's good, at least the news will tell you that, and they certainly should, cause they're owned by the CFR, but who cares about the Royal Institute of International Affairs? Jerry Springer's on, yeah, two transvestites are about the fist fight, yeah. Meanwhile, they're making plans for the order of the new world, about to send the lambs to the slaughter. You think they care about 3,000 American men, women, and children? They about to kill a couple billion. If you're in the dark, my friend, you might despise my words, but you had the wool pulled over your eyes. We the people of America, America, America. We the people of America. We the people of America. Collectively in a trance, we like to dance and make romance to psychopaths. 
Say hello to your new puppet. Barack Hussein Obama. The president doing the thing, my dear. You can stick an intelligent orangutan in there. It wouldn't mean a daggone thing. You're over Goldman Sachs. Get on your knees and kiss the queen's big ring. They took away your vision with bling. And in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is always king. In other words, they got the republic by the throat. Your vote don't count because they count the votes. They'll never tell you where you're headed, you nerd. The good shepherd never sharpens his knives in front of the herd. That's why you keep your head down, grazing in the grass. But before you know it, now you're in a whole nother pasture. They keep you sucking on a stagger and an ass for a team. It's eating your brain with a disaster. Glued to the tube to see what your favorite star's doing. The corporate news is faker than a cartoon. Even Justin Palatana said you're just a nation of sheep. Some get slaughtered, some get fleeced. <laughs> we the sheep of America. America, America, we the sheep of America, we the sheep of America. From DeadlineLive.info and the Jack Blood Show. You're listening to the first 52 with Sean Raz Radio Live. Stay bold. All right, guys, welcome back to the first 52, April 19th, 2016. Your host, Sean Raz. You're listening to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood. <laughs> I'll stop that one day. And RadioChaos.Live. Here we go. Another segment. As we were talking with Dave, my buddy, my old buddy, Forto Jones, my old co-host. Yes, I'm watching you guys in the Jack Blood chat room. And you're going off about the chemtrails. Yes, I know. I, I can't convince him of the truth of what's going on above our heads. He'll get it one day when they finally tell us it's happening. And he has to admit it. He can't deny it anymore. That's okay, Dave. I'll wait for that. I'll wait for you to be ready to admit that you're wrong. It's okay. I know I'm not. I know they're going to tell us eventually. There's something going on up there. And it's not for good reasons. That's all I'll say about that. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I hope you uh, did whatever you needed to do during the break. I got done what I needed to do, which is important for me. I got to get it done. So one of the things I had brought up was, are we better off? Do the decisions we make as a country, well, I guess we don't really, let's just go with the, the theory that we make them as a country, okay? Just just work with me here for, for a little bit, guys. Do we, as a country, make decisions that actually put the world in a better place? Have we, for the past hundred years, made decisions that put the world in a better place? That, I don't know if, if, if we have or not. The Middle East was better off with Saddam Hussein and Muammar Gaddafi in power. Those words from Republican presidential candidate and Texas Senator Ted Cruz. But is he right? What do the numbers show in the years since the Iraq war? 
This is a reality check you won't see anywhere else. We've seen a consistent mistake in foreign policy. It's far too often. We've seen Democrats and a lot of establishment Republicans in Washington get involved in toppling Middle Eastern governments. Right. And it ends up benefiting the bad guys. It ends up handing them over to radical Islamic terror. That was Texas Senator Ted Cruz on MSNBC's Morning Joe. The senator explaining how he believes American intervention since the start of the Iraq war has led from one disaster to another. Was the world, in fact, in the Middle East a more secure place when Saddam Hussein was in power, when Muammar Gaddafi was in power, and when Assad wasn't fighting for his life in Syria? Of course it was. It was more stable. That's not even a close call. Well, without question, the senator is correct. The Middle East was without question safer and more secure under Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein, and when Assad wasn't fighting for his life. But to really get that point, here's some numbers to consider. According to reports from our own U.S. government, reports of deaths from terrorism in the Middle East between 2002 and 2014 have increased 4,500%. But let's go a little bit deeper here. Take, for instance, just the country of Iraq. Before the 2003 U.S. invasion, do you know how many suicide attacks there were in Iraq? None. In the country's history, there had never been one. But since the 2003 invasion, there have been 1,892. In Iraq, prior to the start of the Iraq War, there were reportedly just over 1.5 million Christians living in that country. 1.5 million. And yet shortly after the war started, over a million of them fled to Syria. That didn't work out well there, certainly. And today, fewer than half a million Christians remain and yet are being exterminated by groups like ISIS. And what about Afghanistan? Just last year alone, insurgents killed 2,643 civilians, the highest number since the U.N. began keeping records. How about Pakistan? In the 14 years prior to 9-11, get this, there was only one suicide attack on Pakistani soil. In the 14 years since, 486 suicide attacks. The same is true in the past 14 years in Somalia, 88, Yemen, 85, Libya, 29, Nigeria, 91, and in Syria, 165. So what you need to know is that 14 years after this so-called war on terror began, the United States is on track to have spent $6 trillion on just the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Putting that into perspective, that means that we have spent $75,000 per American household, most of it borrowed money. What's more, nearly 7,000 U.S. military personnel have died. Tens of thousands more are being lost every day as 22 U.S. veterans commit suicide each day. If we're to be honest here, the only thing that the war on terror seems to have brought us and the rest of the world is more war and more terror. That's a reality check. Let's talk about that tonight on Twitter. Yeah, let's talk about that. Who benefits from more terror, more war? Well, the military industrial complex obviously benefits from more terror, more war. So that would make sense of, of why they want it. Why they, they want to remove the people that are maybe not playing ball anymore. Maybe have, have decided that, that they want better for their people. So, you know, what, we'll take them out. And this is nothing new. We've discussed this multiple times on the show uh, over the, the three, four years of doing this. And I'm sure Jack has discussed it hundreds of times over 13 years of doing it. Why? Why? I guess what I'm asking, what I, what I want you guys all to, to ponder is why now are we seeing such a increase in the amount of people questioning things? 
Is that what they want? Have we followed or, or followed them right into where they wanted us to be? Is this how it makes it easier for them to, to do the final goal? I, I don't know. But that's something to think about. It, it, we know that, that they try to social engineer. They try to, they try to, to control what's going on in society. Is this, you know, Trump thing? Is this just the next control to try to ensure that, that we, we toe the line, that we go where they want us to go? I mean, I'm definitely not going to vote for Trump, whether he's on it or not. I, I honestly don't know who I'm going to vote for for president. I may vote for myself. But I'll be voting for other very important things. <laughs> Another thing that was raised there is is American interventionalism. Is... Is what we've done as a country, what we've allowed our country to do, what's causing 95% of the problems we see in the world around us? Let, let's think of a, a, a hypothetical scenario. Okay. If, uh, let's say Russia. No, let, let's use China. Let's use, because we're going to get into Russia here in a minute. Let's, let's use China, all right? Let's say China uh, had a bunch of, of ships. Maybe they were having a, a problem with Mexico. So they, they send a bunch of ships over. And they're, they're patrolling the Gulf, these ships. And they're patrolling the Gulf near Texas. I would probably guess that we would have a lot of aircraft flying around those ships, making sure they're not breaking our waterways, maybe. Or uh, making sure they're not messing with our fishing boats that are out there, maybe. So as we've seen over the past week, uh, Russia has made a, a great aggression against the, the U- United States by buzzing uh, one of their one of our ships. And then there's a story of a, of a reconnaissance plane. Let me pull that one up so I can get it down. Where is it here? The Russian jet. Here it is. A Russian jet threatened U.S. reconnaissance aircraft. This one was from the 16th. And I think the other one was on the I don't know, 12th or 13th, some, sometime last week. A Russian fighter jet flew dangerously close to a U.S. RC-135 reconnaissance aircraft on Thursday in the latest military provocation by Moscow over the Baltic Sea. So how are we provoking them if... The Baltic Sea kind of butts up against Russia, doesn't it? Okay, it's just just a question. On April 14th, a U.S. Air Force RC-135 aircraft flying a routine route in international airspace over the Baltic Sea was intercepted by a Russian Su-27 in an unsafe and unprofessional manner, said Navy Captain Danny Hernandez. The intercept... intercept comes shortly after the unsafe Russian encounter with USS Dalton, uh, Donald Cook. He added, there have been repeated incidences over the last year where Russian military aircraft have come close enough to other air and sea traffic to raise serious safety concerns. And we are very concerned 
with such behavior. There we go, being the world police again. I can see the uh, the the Navy pilots woo with their little woo pull over. <laughs> I know, bad Eddie Murphy joke. <clears throat> Hernandez said the U.S. aircraft, a militari- militarized Boeing 707 jet, was operating in international airspace and at no time crossed into Russia territory. The un- <laughs> so we have to cross into Russian territory for it to be, you know, something they can do. The unsafe and unprofessional air interception has the potential to cause serious harm and injury to all air crews involved, he said. More importantly, the unsafe and unprofessional actions of a single pilot have the potential to unnecessarily escalate tensions between countries. According to Hernandez, the SU-27 carried out an erratic and aggressive maneuver by approaching the RC-135 at high rates of speed from the side. I'm sure... I can guarantee you no U.S. military jets have ever, ever done that to any other aircraft in history. The Russian jet then proceeded to perform an aggressive maneuver that posed a threat to the safety of U.S. aircrew in the RC-135U, the spokesman said. More specifically, the Su-27 closed within 50 feet of the wingtip of the RC-135 and conducted a barrel roll starting from the left side of the aircraft, going over the top of the aircraft and ending up to the right side of the aircraft, he said. Oh, no, we'll be afraid. U.S. government is protesting all the incident, all the incidences this week to the Russian government through diplomatic channels, he said. The RC-135U, an electronic intelligence gathering aircraft, is normally operated by five aircrew and up to 16 electronic warfare officers and six or more regular specialists. The dangerous aerial incident came two days after a simulated Russian aerial assault against the guided missile destroyer USS Donald Cook in the Baltic Sea. Washington called the simulated assault a military provocation and said it nearly caused an international shootout. Two Russian fighter bombers, identified as SU-24s, made close passes over the Cook, including one jet that came within 30 feet of the warship. So, let's see here. And I'm going to play a little comical video expressing what I'm about to say. If you're going to put yourself in an area that is somebody else's territorial zone, let's say, you know, two, three, four, five thousand miles away from where your country is. They're going to want to check you out. They might even do mock maneuvers on you. You're in their world. You're in their kitchen. That's not a provocation. You being there is provoking them, provoking them. I keep saying, I know, I'm sorry. As I said last week, I'm Sean Raz and I screw words up. Um, us being there it would be the same as if they were in the Gulf of Mexico or 30 miles off the coast of California it's no different it re- or maybe they're sailing around the Caribbean those are all regions that are kind of in our territory Yeah, they're not our territory 
but it's no different than us being in the Baltic. That's in their backyard. How are we to say they're provoking us when, when we are there provoking them? It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense at all. It's a bird. It's a plane. A plane it is. Russian warplanes buzzing a U.S. Uh, U.S. Navy destroyer. Very serious escalation and potentially uh, very dangerous. Uh, could have caused an incident. Okay, let's see how close. And of course the video shows of jets. I mean, you can hear how loud that is. It's pretty damn close. I find it pretty cool. I'd be like, oh, check that jet out. That's pretty cool. Check that. Oh, there he goes. Cool. Boy, that was close. Let's take a closer look, though. America is here. Russia is obviously here. The warship Donald Cook is right here, meaning that Russian jets flew dangerously close to a U.S. warship, which is dangerously close to Russia. But the media won't even come close to mentioning that. Yeah, nobody you know, talks about that. That's not. That's why I wanted to bring it up. And I, We just think we're so special. We think our military is just so special. I'm a vet. I served. That doesn't make me any more special than, than the guy turning a wrench down at the, the gas station up the road from here. Now, I always talk about we're all human beings, and that's what we are. All right, when we come back, I want to get into, uh, I know Jack touched on this today, the VAX documentation or documentary. And I want to get into that a little bit. I want to discuss uh, a little further of, of what I think. And, and I think Jack hit the nail on the head. Uh, that was a great promotional ploy. And now I really honestly, and I know, I think Greg said this last week or maybe the week before, I think De Niro did this on purpose. I think this was to draw attention. And I can admit when I'm wrong, I think that that, that was true. I, I honestly am now believing that, especially when you hear, uh, what I'm going to play for you coming back from, you know, when we get back. So, again, you're listening to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com, or RadioFreeBlood on Mixler, and RadioChaos.Live. I'll be back with you. I'll get my mouth together here during the break. I was kidnapped, abducted, falsely imprisoned, tortured, and threatened with further torture without charge, without trial. Even many soldiers had said to me afterwards, was a hell, if you weren't a terrorist when you came in here, by the time you leave, I'm sure you would be because of the way you've been treated. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories concerning the attacks of September the 11th. Malicious lies that attempt to shift the blame away from the terrorists themselves, away from the guilty. People are always asking me, yo, Gemini, what's your angle? Are you a devil or an angel? And I say both, as I continue to blame the Knights Templar and the Hospitallers, the real reason New York lost their towers. Don't sit back or hesitate to react to the impact. Many taking a nap. In fact, they would fake an attack to make way for the Patriot Act. Some say, hey, it ain't safe to say that, but it's the same game. Different name on the map as they
they place blame And they aim at a rack, it's a damn shame Cause they never claimed the hijack Following the fiddle, one with a bound hero The town hero, responsible for ground zero Objects in the mirror, close them, they appear So clear your ear to hear the sound of fear grow Beware the eagle, the dragon, and the ego And footage that they show that we are forced to see slow Persecuted and disputed because of the queen All the strengths that control these kings Come from below, observe the nerve of this dark heart government Thinking they can devoid a spark with another mid Walk right up, take the Ark of the Covenant The cards have been pulled by the shark And I'm loving it, look hard, and you will find seven Heads of the beast behind 9-11 Wrapped in filing even John Lennon couldn't imagine this modern day Armageddon We've been ambushed, pushed to the edge Persecuted cause we disputed to know the ledge Pledge allegiance, not even if the world stops turning Never trust the bush unless it's burning We've all been ambushed, pushed to the edge Persecuted cause we disputed to know the ledge Pledge allegiance, not even if the world stops turning Never trust the bush unless it's burning There is a chance for the President of the United States To use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think only once, and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. From junior to senior to crapper, Prescott to the Nazi mouse house and the center at Epcot. Let's not forget their messed up mascot. Skull and bones taking up Geronimo's rest spot. These fallen thrones are not alone in their upset plot. These dark gnomes are part of home, so I take my best shot. With the heart of stones, they are prone to never get caught. Is there a cool phone details and emails on your desktop? Many be growing up gaudy like Mayor Giuliani. Practicing karate with the Illuminati. I'm Tonto Kimosabi, who's quick to kill somebody. For the love of mud honey or a little blood honey. I don't find these thugs funny, they sell drugs to bugs funny. Not that it's any of my business that I'm his adapty ducks funny. Just hide it when they Laugh at me and what my dreadlocks done When they kill tiny children Left many building blocks Bloody the square and the compass And the almanac Are you aware that they're amongst us And it's all an act Semyeza and his Ezra Now come crawling back Drove to Bohemian Grove Dressed all in black A serpent king Worshipping a stone owl The dragon Ronald Reagan Ain't Colin Powell Flipping scripture like Vanna White Showing a vowel We have to plan to fight And never throw in the towel We've been ambushed Pushed to the edge Persecuted cause we disputed To know the ledge Pledge allegiance Not even if the world stops turning Never trust the bush Unless it's burning We've all been ambushed to the edge, persecuted cause we disputed to know the ledge, pledge allegiance, not even if the world stops turning, never trust the bush unless it's burning. Remember this, your government funded and trained Al-Qaeda. The Supreme Court's ruling that said that uh, we must conduct ourselves under the common article 3 of the Geneva Convention. And that common article 3 says that you know, there will be no outrages upon human dignity. It's, 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 it's like it's very vague. What does that mean? Bam! Is this Raz? Yes. Saras. Raz. The first fifty-two. Saras. Raz. Live Tuesday nights. Saras. Raz. Something that you know Bubba's gonna like. Angry white guy radio. His point of view is different. It's the first fifty-two. Angry white guy radio. I love the content. Hey, it's the first 52 Raz with you. The first part of the, like, Constitution. This is the best you got? Something that you know Bubba's gonna like. Angry White Guy Radio. Join me, Sean Raz, Tuesday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. Let me just check all your papers, a routine terror sweep here. I'm Officer Jack Booth. I've got a uniform. Bow down to that. Shiny medallion. Too bad you have. I've got a uniform. You little pig. Bow down to that. Let me hear you squeal. Shiny medallion. Too 
please worship the government better? Tape on your mouth, your eyes, arms, and legs will throw you in the river. Talk about how you committed suicide. <laughs> Murder up in Big Ben. 
14 deaths from handguns. Now, in the United States, and I think you know how we feel about handguns, I'm getting a warm, tingly feeling just saying the word. 23,000 deaths from handguns last year. Let's go through those numbers again because they're a little baffling at first glance. England, where no one has a gun, 14 deaths. United States, and I think you know how we feel about guns. I'm getting a stiffy. 23,000 deaths from handguns. But there's no connection there. You'd be a fool and a communist to make one. There's no connection between having a gun and shooting someone with it and not having a gun and not shooting someone. Some of you probably are trying to make a connection out there. There is none. It's futile. Cut it out. Okay. Admittedly, last year in England, they had 23,000 deaths per soccer game. All right. saying every system is flawless. But it's really weird. They have no guns, and yet they have a very high crime rate in England, which tells you how polite the fucking English are. <laughs> Give me your wallet. All right. This is Bob Tuscan from the intelhub.com. You're listening to the first 52 on RAS Radio. You know, I hate autoplay. It, it kills me, autoplay. It really does. Welcome back to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, Radio Chaos.Live. Last little string here of the show. We're going to make a run to the end of it. i got a bunch of things I still want to cover. I didn't cover everything yet. I covered what I... What really got me hard, but I got a lot of other things that I want to really get into. Obviously, vaccines are a big thing I want to talk about, and we will talk about uh, Robert De Niro. I'm going to play the audio of what he said uh, the other day on the, the Today Show. And I really think that this was, a, was his own little false flag against the establishment. That's really what I'm starting to believe. Greg, you put that thought in my head, and thank you very much, because that, that's really where I'm at now with it. I, I, I think you were right. I think that really is what uh, what was going on there, you know, and, and damn, that's smart. If that is really what he was doing, that is smart. I mean, he did a good job of getting the attention to it that needed to be brought to it. Just, I, I'm just scanning through here real fast. I mean, do we want to talk about a, a poll from AP, a getting facts right, key to American trust in media? I mean, do we really trust the, trust the media? So I, I think we'll just... Poo-poo that story. Get rid of that one. Uh, we have a Swiss whistle, Swiss banker whistleblower that's saying um, he believes that the uh, Pentagon Papers, or the Panama Papers, I'm sorry, not the Pentagon Papers, may have uh, may have been done on purpose, may have been released by the CIA with the intentions of causing a little chaos in some other countries. Now, that makes sense. Although I did see something, I didn't read it, but I did, did see something about the Clintons being uh, addressed in these Panama Papers, and maybe that was an unintentional release by the CIA. But let's listen to a little of this story here and, and see what uh, Bradley Burkfeld is talking about. 
I, like most Panamanians, feel offended that the, these documents have been dumped, the, the Panama Papers, when in effect, like you mentioned before, they're the documents that were taken from a local law firm called Mossack Fonseca. And the truth is that most of the corporations that were used uh, by these high-profile clients weren't Panamanian corporations. There were corporations from other jurisdictions, such as British Virgin Islands, Seychelles, or even Delaware, Nevada. And the other fact is that the monies that these individuals or corporations are hiding are, is not in Panama. It's another banking center. So, you know, our reputation as a country has taken a hit because of this, and we feel it's completely unfair that they refer this case as a Panama case when really, when you talk about tax evasion and money laundering, it's a whole network, and Panama's one piece of the puzzle in this case, in this specific case. What would you say to critics who argue, though, that it was Panama's laws that allowed a law firm like this to exist and to do what it did? Or it does, actually, well, and still defends, by the way. Well, since 2009, Panama has been implementing uh, new laws to meet global standards and tax transparency, and in 2011, Panama was removed from the OECD gray list. And earlier this year, Panama passed the first phase of the, of the global peer of the peer review in the global forum. So our legislation meets international standards in regards to tax transparency. Remember, these documents date back 40 years, also. So what happened before these laws uh, were were put in place? I mean, it's it's hard to criticize then the fact that if a corporation was sold 30 years ago, that it was and it, it was used for uh, an illegal illicit activity, that today Panama is responsible for that in some sort of way. Do there need to be more changes to Panama's laws now, do you think? I mean, you highlight that a lot of these documents are very old. There's been a huge evolution in well, know your customer <laughs> and money laundering laws. Is True there more that needs slave. to be done in Panama? We recently were removed from the FATF uh, watch list on, on uh, tax... On, so, sorry. This is the uh, former Panamanian Minister of Economy speaking. Let's let's stop the video because it's not getting to where I wanted to get to. Bradley Burkefield is the most significant financial whistleblower of all time. So you might think he'd be cheering on the disclosure in the new Panama Papers leaks. But today, Burkefield is raising questions about the source of the information that is that is shaking political regimes around the world. Burkefield, an American citizen, was a banker working at US, UBS in Switzerland when he approached the U.S. government with information on massive amounts of tax evasion by Americans with secret accounts in Switzerland. By the end of the whistleblowing, uh, by the end of his whistleblowing career, Burkefeld had served more than two years in a U.S. federal prison, been awarded 104 million by the IRS for his information, and shattered the foundation of more than a century of Swiss banking secrets. In an exclusive interview Tuesday from Munich, Burfeld said he doesn't think the source of the 11 million documents stolen from a Panamanian law firm should automatically be considered a whistleblower like himself. Instead, he said the hacking of Panama City-based firm called Masak Fosinka could have been done by a U.S. intelligence agency. The CIA, I'm sure, is behind this, in my opinion, Burkfeld said. Uh, Burkfeld pointed to the fact that the political uproar created by the disclosure may uh, have mainly impacted countries with tense relationships with the United States. The very fact that we see all these names surfacing that are the direct 
quote-unquote enemies of the United States, Russia, China, Pakistan, Argentina, and we don't see one U.S. name. Why is that? Now, like I said, there's been, and that's why I said it, there was a report allegedly that the Clinton Foundation or the Clinton family uh, may be showing up on on uh, these leaks. Quite frankly, my feeling is that this is a that this is certainly an intelligence agency operation. Ask why the U.S. would leak information that has also been damaging to U.K. Prime Minister Dave Cameron, a major American ally. Burkefield said the British leader was likely collateral damage in a larger intelligence operation. If you've got NSA and CIA spying on foreign governments, they can certainly get into a law firm like this, Burkefield said. But they selectively bring the information to the public domain that doesn't hurt the U.S. in any shape or form. That's wrong. And that and there is something seriously sinister here behind this. So after I read that, cause, you know, you, you, you hear this information getting released and you go, oh, good information's coming out. And we all get sucked into it. The best of the best can, can get sucked into going, oh, the WikiLeaks. I remember when WikiLeaks came out. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's let's get the information. And then you had a. Uh, uh, Snowden. I, I thought we were going to get all the information when Snowden came out. But we don't. Is is there no government papers on 9-11? Or, all, or are all these whistleblowers put in place to help control the narrative? To, to let out what they, what they feel it's time to let out. To, to give us a glimmer of hope that we might be right, that we might be talking about something that, oh, here we go, we got the answer, it's coming, here comes the answer, and then we don't ever get anything. It's just like with the 28 pages of 9-11 report. You know, no, I won't do that analogy. I was going to do a really nasty analogy, and I decided not to. Just think about it, guys. Why? Again, it goes. I, I just it gets so frustrating to to see these things to to be able to 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 see them in a light that shows the things we talk about. Shows that maybe I'm not as crazy as everybody wants to believe I am. But we can never get to the to the to the money shot. They just wave it in front of us like we're going to get something. And then it just goes away. It's gone. Just like that. It's no longer a concern. It's no longer a worry. It was just something you thought about at one time. And I'm guilty of that myself. You know, I'll report these stories and then never follow up on them. Because you, can, how are you supposed to follow up as one man? How are you supposed to follow up on something? When you've got 500 other things coming at you at the front, how do you go to the back and go, wait, let me go double check on this story? It makes it very difficult. It makes it frustrating. I mean, if I if I had a, a bunch of money, I could have a, a room full of guys researching different topics, different stories, following up on those stories, ensuring that we have the answer that would be great. But I keep reporting things like this. Where, where 
it, it's being put, put out there in, in major news sources. It's not, you know, info whores or one of those conspiracy websites. I mean, this is major news sources. And people still don't get it. It, it shouldn't be that hard to get. It really shouldn't be that hard to get. Now, that goes to all these topics we talk about, all these these different issues that we face on a daily basis. We try to bring out the, the understanding behind it. Now, now, big science... And I've said this to you guys before. I don't. I don't believe in in peer reviewed studies. <laughs> it's it's not something that is reliable. We want to believe it is, and as I read through this article, they want to believe it is. But is big science broken? Is there a problem in the way we get information from the scientific community? Science is broken. That's the thesis of a must-read article in the First Things magazine in which William A. Wilson accumulates evidence that a lot of published research is false. But that's not even the worst part. Advocates of the existing scientific research paradigm usually smugly declare that while some published conclusions are surely false... The scientific method has a self-correcting mechanism that ensure that eventually the truth will prevail. Unfortunately for all of us, Wilson makes a convincing argument that those self-correcting mechanisms are broken. I don't know why I can't say mechanisms. I see mechanic as I'm reading it. It's, I just I'm going ahead. You don't worry. For starters. There's a replication crisis in science. This is particularly true in the field of experimental psychology. Imagine that. The guys that want to be doctors that aren't really doctors, those guys. Where far too many prestigious psychological studies simply can't be reliably replicated. But it's not just psychology. In 2011, the pharmaceutical company Bayer looked at 67, again, imagine that, blockbuster drug discovery discovery research findings published in a prestige journal and found that three-fourths of them were, weren't right. Another study of cancer research found that only 11% of preclinical cancer research could be reproduced. Even in physics, supposedly the hardest and most reliable of all sciences, Wilson's point, Wilson points out that two of the most vaulted physics Results of the past few years, the announced discovery of both cosmic influxion and gravitational waves at the BICEP-2 experiment in Antarctica, and the supposed discovery of superluminal neutrinos at the Swiss-Italian border have been retracted and far less fanfare than when they were first published. What explains this? In some cases, human error. Much of the research, wor- much of the research world 
exploded in rage and mockery when it was found out that a highly publicized finding by the econ- economics economist Ken Rogoff and Carmen Reinhardt linked hyperpublic debt to lower growth was due to an Excel error. This is what this is pointing out is that the peer-reviewed studies, the things that people throw in our face on a regular basis to say, oh, look, vaccines work. There's a peer-reviewed study. Show me a peer-reviewed study showing that vaccines cause autism. Or show me a peer-reviewed study showing that the contrails that we see in the sky are actually chemtrails. Show me a study. This lack of, and it's weird that it's coming out now. Again, this is one of those things. It's weird that it's being talked about. Because if you search peer-reviewed studies broken, you'll find stories from 20 years ago talking about how the peer-reviewed system is not working properly. Now, in this article, if you read it, it's in the week. Uh, Big Science Broken is the title of it, if you're interested in reading it. Because as you get to the bottom, it discusses how these young scientists that want to, you know, be successful don't want to don't want to insult the older scientists, so they go along with with their outcomes of these studies, and that's why we have this broken this system in in the cycle. And it's a long article, but it's well worth the read because that is a problem. That is a problem. We we can't get a peer reviewed study showing the link the link of vaccines in some people to autism. Not all people, but some people. Even though there's a CDC whistleblower talking about the link of vaccines in African-American children to autism. So if you can find it in one sec of the population, chances are it's happening in other. Maybe not as prominent, maybe not as much, but I'm sure it's still happening in those other sections. Which leads me to Robert De Niro. I am not a, a fan chaser. I never have been. I, I grew up in the radio in, industry. I, I was on stage with Chubby Checker and and uh, who was the other one? I can't remember. I was eight years old. My father was in the radio business in Philadelphia doing oldies where they where where you know a lot of the oldies music came from so i i don't get starstruck i get more starstruck with people who who have no no real big stardom you know what i mean so when i heard robert de niro come out against the vax movie and saying we're going to remove it i got i got angry and we discussed it But then as you listen to him speak more, it's a long clip. You have to hear it all. And I believe guys on, on Bloodside, I think Jack played this the other day, so I apologize if it's going to be a repeat to you guys. But I, I, I want my Raz side and my Radio Chaos side to hear this. I don't. Even though it was on the Today Show, did it really get the amount of attention it should have? Vaxxed would be screened at the festival. Later, the festival pulled it. 
Was it because of the backlash? Were you surprised that people reacted the way that they did? I was shooting a movie. I was in the middle of a lot of stuff. I think the movie is something to, that people should see. There was a backlash which I haven't fully explored, and I will. But and I didn't want it to start affecting the, the festival in ways that I couldn't see. But definitely, there's something to that movie. And there's another movie called Trace Amounts. And these, there, there's a lot of information about things that are happening with the CDC, the pharmaceutical companies. There's a lot of things that are not said. I, as a parent of a child who has autism, am concerned, and I want to know the truth. And I'm not. Oh, hold on! I just had a, a this media could not be played. Alert here. Why would that? Imagine that. Why would that happen? Did they pull it? Do we have it? Here we go. All right. Let me see if I can get to where we were. Let me let, let it finish loading first. We'll get it to where, where we were. Now I have no audio on it. Imagine that. The festival. Later the festival. Autism. I'm concerned. Right, and I want to know the truth. And I'm not anti-vaccine. I want safe vaccines. When you get it, some people can't get a, uh, a, a certain type of shot and they, they can die from it. You know, even penicillin. So why should that not be with vaccine? Which it isn't. So you said you you went public for the first time saying that your 18 year old son does have autism. Yes. That had been a very private thing for you. And yes. part of the reason you wanted this film shown was to start that conversation. Absolutely. Do you believe you'll now have a role in that conversation going forward? Possibly, yes. Because the thing is that to shut it down, there's no reason to. If, if, if you're a scientist, let's see, let's hear. Everybody doesn't seem to want to hear much about it. It's shut down. And you guys are the ones that should be the investigating. Do the investigating. I think the film was controversial because people felt that the film... I like there how he calls out the news saying, you guys, you were the ones that should be figuring this out. You are the ones that should be investigating. Not the people. Do the investigating. I think the film was controversial because people felt that the filmmaker had been discredited. Even he, I'm not so sure about. At the end of the day, even him. Yeah, at the end of the day, his partner's already had his license reinstated, and uh, he's suing and trying to do the same thing. So maybe what he said wasn't that crazy after all. Not all. Filmmaker had been discredited. Even he, I'm not so sure about. At the end of the day, even him. Jane, well, the I'm, one thing, yeah. one thing, um, it wasn't, it wasn't. There weren't sponsors or donors that were threatening to pull out of the film festival. It was our filmmakers, and we're known for having amazing documentary films. Uh, you can take a look at our lineup, whether it's what we're starting with tonight or some other documentaries that are you know, equally controversial that we have at the festival. So it was our filmmakers that, pull, are pull, that were pulling out. There's and, another amazing film about... I find that about, amazing, and, and I, we're going to talk about that. But there was another, there's another amazing film uh, that was done by Roger Ross, Ross Williams that won the Audience Award at Sundance called Life Animated about uh, autism. Right. And it's, uh, it's a really beautiful film about the Susskind family. And it's a beautiful film, but it's another thing. It's the result of... It's not about... It's not questioning how people... Some people got autism how the vaccines are dangerous if not given dangerous to certain people who are more susceptible and they don't nobody seems to want to address that or they say they've addressed it and it's a closed issue but it doesn't seem to be because there are many people who will come out and say no i saw my kid change like overnight i saw what happened and i should have done something and i didn't so th there's more to this than than meets the eye believe me is that is that the experience you had robert something changed overnight uh, it, my wife says that I don't remember, but there was I 
my my child is autistic. Yeah, I was I was kind of busy doing movies and making money, so you know she's telling me she saw an overchange uh, you know, change overnight. Okay, I'll take her word for it. I my my child is autistic, and every kid is different. But there is something there. There's something there that people aren't addressing. And for me to get so upset here today on the Today Show with you guys means there's something there. That's all I wanted was the movie to be seen. People can make their own judgment, but you must see it. And other, there are other films, other things that also just document and show. Uh, you know, it's not such a simple thing. Do you regret pulling it now in some sense? Part of me does, and part of me says, let me let it go for now. Mm. You know, and I'll deal with it later in another way. Because I didn't want the festival to be affected in a way because it was like a knee-jerk reaction uh, and uh, especially from the filmmakers frankly that, that I that I uh, you know the other filmmakers who were in the right. festival whoever they were I didn't I didn't want you want to ask yeah. but now I will ask it, it, Robert it is nearly consensus in the scientific community that there's no link there that goes to the peer-reviewed study discussion we just had right before I played this video. There's no consensus in the peer-reviewed studies that there's any link of the autism and vaccination. So why would you even uh, threaten to say this? It, it, Robert, it is nearly consensus in the scientific community that there's no link there. Do you believe that's not true? I don't. I believe it's much more complicated than that. It's much more complicated than that. There, There is a link. And they're saying there isn't, but there's certain things. There's a, the, the obvious one is thimerosal, which is mercury-based uh, preservative. But there are other things there that I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I know because I've seen so much reaction about just just let's find out the truth. Let's just find out the truth. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not anti-vaccine, as I say, but I'm pro-safe vaccine. And there are some people who cannot take a vaccine, and they have to be... The, found out and, and warned that you just don't give a kid a bunch of shots and then something happens. Some parents, you know, even in this document, they say, I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew I shouldn't have done it. I talked to the doctor. He's the doctor. I should listen. I should listen. I did it the next day. The, you know, imagine how the parent feels. The worry is that people who hear those words and wonder about it will then not have their child vaccinated, which has led to a higher incidence of things like mumps. And <coughs> oh, sorry. I don't know if those statistics are accurate. I'm not the one to say, but I would question even that. There's a kind of a hysteria, a knee-jerk reaction. Let's see. As I say, you, everyone should have the choice to take vaccines. Some places it's becoming mandatory, but it does benefit the big drug companies. Well, if funnily you want to take fat, if you want to start to look at facts and statistics, one of the things that you do need to look at in this movie, Vaxed, is the contradictions of facts and statistics right off the top with what, how, what's stated, with what, uh, what the rise is, what the graph is, and then people saying something different. So. You need to read the reviews of read yeah. the reviews of that movie. Make your own decision. Uh, clearly, the festival has about a hundred other movies that are in the festival. This was only going to be screened once. They've certainly had their voice and their their time. And there's uh, amazing films about other issues of social impact, whether it's the criminal justice system. An amazing film called The Return. Uh, another film about herbal life. Uh, whistleblower story. Another film about drone warfare. Uh, National Bird, which is uh, 
uh, it really asks a lot of questions about how we go to war. Uh, certainly the festival is about having conversation, and um, there's also some fun films, too, mm-hmm. Family Fang with uh, Jason Bateman and uh, Nicole Kidman. So we've got a lot for you at the festival. Well, it's it's we've got a lot for you at the festival, so make sure you go to the festival if you're in that area and check it out. And I, again, think this was a really good promotional ploy and i think they're on the side of the uh vaccine of not the vaccine maker uh, the uh, movie makers and they're trying to help get attention to it some things i want to bring up and this was a uh, shannon burke show i did today uh, shannon burke show.com i do it every every tuesday uh 12 15 ish to about one and we discussed this 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 couple that are being sued by their daughter who they were, they did not get medical attention to because they're one of those re- religious people that don't believe medical uh, treatment is uh, the word of God. So they refused to medically treat her. And the question asked to me was, listen, I understand you're not a med- you're not a, a religious person, but would you treat your child if there was treatment for something that was diagnosed that's deadly, that's dangerous? And my answer was of course. And he said, well, do you think your child should be able to sue you if he gets polio or measles or, you know, rubella? Should he be able to sue you because he got sick because you refused to vaccinate him? And I said to him, I said, you know what, Shannon, there's a lot of evidence coming out right now pointing to the fact that there is a very good possibility that there is a slight connection to autism and vaccinations so should your child be able to sue you if you vaccinate that child and they end up with a mental physical disorder based on the vaccination whether it be autism or something else that's the circle we have to revolve around and question ourselves about now of course i don't think any of this is a suable offense. As a parent, you have to make a decision. You make the decision, whether it's religious-based, whether it's conspiracy-based, whether it's information-based, you make a decision for what you feel is best for your child. And as your child grows, they can make their own decisions. But you have the responsibility to make the decisions of that child. And if you make the wrong decision, whether it be to vaccinate or not to vaccinate, whether it be to get medical care or not get medical care, you have to face the feasible risks and outcomes of what your decision is. You can't skate around that deci- that decision. That's like, uh, that's like making the decision that your son... Your 16-year-old son is uh, is throwing a tantrum, and you can't control him. So you decide to call the cops, and the cops arrive, and they shoot your kid because they feared for their lives. Well, is it your fault for calling the cops? Or is it the cops' fault for being overzealous? You see the comparison? I hope you can because I can see it in my head. It makes perfect sense to me. You have to make decisions. You have to do what you feel is right 
for your family, for your child, for your life. And as long as those decisions don't interfere with anybody else's life, no bubbles, no troubles, my friends. That's just the way it works out. All right, you know what? It's it's that time again. You've been listening to First 52, RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. Radio Tales. I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out. Be safe. Be human. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying. Get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth What it takes But it takes a long time In the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real They tend to be fake When I'm risking it all With no time to waste Fuck this bad race I'm leaving this place it's time to blast off destination's face With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided through the beautiful The silent with the light show From a passing UFO Lost in the glow of the unknown Please don't go And I don't know how I got here Or how I'm getting home But right from day one I've been in this alone With odds stacked against I've been drowning in stress They said can you take more I said give me what's left An old man once told me Allie don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize And give them hell to your death This is a test Just a frequency check For intelligent life Now's time to connect It's an SOS The death's been sent So now we just wait And hope for the best with the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful asylum With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the
guys so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity Thank you. 